It's good to see everybody here today, worshiping the Lord together. Some folks that haven't uh, been here in a while, it's good to see each, each and every one of you to fellowship and to give God praise corporately as one voice, one body giving praise to God. Amen? Amen. So we've experienced his presence today. We've experienced the thrill of the presence of the Lord that addeth no sorrow, but makes us rich. Amen? Amen. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So we're glad to see everybody here today. We've been in a series called Anchored, and we are talking about being anchored in our Redeemer. Our Redeemer is none other than Jesus Christ. Christ. (laughs) Amen. That was uh, a test. You get a gold star. Praise God. Amen. Anchored in our Redeemer. Being redeemed has the idea of, and it presupposes a life of captivity, slavery, peril, uh, something in which we uh, kind of exist and put up with, survive. Um, Jesus came to redeem us or to buy us off the auction block of sin, shame, guilt, and death. And he did that freely. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him, trusts in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. Our Redeemer is none other than Jesus Christ. We talked uh, last week about being the fact that there is no other mediator. There is one God, one mediator between God and man, and that's Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. What a great high priest he makes. What a great king he makes. Because he is our God and he fills everything in every way. And he is wonderful. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 says something like this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What sort of Redeemer do we need to save us from our sins and to free us? It's a Redeemer that had to be truly human and had to be truly God. Amen? You know, I could have died. I could die for you. Really wouldn't do much for you, okay? So don't count on it, all right? Jesus Christ came down from, from heaven. Philippians chapter 2 speaks about him being in the form of God. Hebrews talks about him being the radiance and the exact imprint or form of God, the radiance of God's glory. John 1 says that he's the word. He was the Word, He is the Word, and the Word was shed abroad uh, on this earth, who is Jesus Christ. The Bible speaks about this great and awesome God who created the universe. 100,000 million stars just in our galaxy. 100,000 million stars just in our galaxy. And there are millions and millions and millions of galaxies with millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of stars and stuff out there that we don't even comprehend or understand. Jesus is the creator of the cosmos and the universe. I want you to just think about the basics and the fundamentals today of our Christian experience. That same God 
was born as a child in a manger. To go through what we go through. To be truly human. To take on human flesh. To have an understanding of what we go through. The Bible calls Jesus the man of sorrows. Acquainted with grief. Despised and rejected of men. Ridiculed, mocked, scorned, abused. You know, it's not nice being not understood, isn't it true? Where you can't really express yourself for who you really are. Jesus was God Almighty, came unto his own, and his own received him not. His own did not accept him. His own turned their back on him. But yet the beautiful aspect of Jesus Christ is that even though he was known as the man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, acquainted with, with deep, deep sadness, the Bible says that the greatest joy that he experienced was to do the will of God the Father who sent him. Amen? Wow. What a great concept that in the midst of our sorrow, our pain, and our, 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 our sadness can be this overwhelming joy that wraps us and envelops us because we know that there's no other joy than to do the joy of the will of God upon our lives. Serving God with everything that we are and everything that we have. He loves us today. Everybody just freeze, okay? All right? There's a time warp going on here right now. And you don't notice it, okay? Because you're all frozen in time. All right? Come on. Yeah, what is this? In the book, The House of Sugar Beach, Helene Cooper tells of the time during the Liberian Revolution. If you don't know, it's an African nation on the west coast of Africa, in which her house was broken into by soldiers. And these bloodthirsty men took young Helene and her sister down the stairs into the basement with the idea of gang raping them. Right as they were going to commit this atrocity, the door to the basement flew open. It was their, their mother demanding that the soldiers release her daughters. And in return, the mother said that they could take her. The men agreed to her terms. Helene and her sister ran up to their bedroom. They hid in their rooms, listening to the brutal sounds of the soldiers gang raping their mother for hours. Let me give you this concept. Helene and her sister were redeemed. Helene and her sister were redeemed. You see, the Bible speaks about us being dead in our sins and our transgressions. Children of wrath, children of disobedience, children of the devil. We were caught in our sin and our degradation. We were ravaged by sin. We can look around in people's lives. We can look around in our own lives and understand the concept of sin and what it does. The Bible says that sin steals, kills, and destroys. Sin brings, in the ultimate experience, it brings death. Jesus came to redeem us. And the enemy had an idea of taking us down to the basement. But see, this is a beautiful concept. Said Jesus was already down there. He was already there. He understood 
brokenness. He understood shame. He understood guilt. He who bore no sin bore the sin. Who knew no sin bore sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. And as the enemy is bringing us down to the basement to ravage us with sin, Jesus Christ blows the door open and says, I'll I'll pay that debt. I'll take that penalty. I'll set them free and redeem them by my love and by my sacrifice. Make no doubt about it, friends. Jesus was brutally tortured to death for us redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. What a great concept, amen? Amen. And you see, here's the thing. Your redemption and the amount and the degree of how you are redeemed doesn't depend on how sinful you were. You understand? Because what God can reveal to you and needs to reveal to you right now is the intent, the intentions and obsessions of your heart That ravages God and ravaged Christ on the cross. He bore your sin. Your potential for sinning and breaking the law of God is an awesome, awesome thought that each of us in our hearts have to come to an agreement with. You see, when I was nine years old, I went to the altar. And and the Lord revealed to me at nine That if I did not accept, this is a true and utter experience. If I did not accept Christ, I would be the worst ravaging sinner this whole world has ever, ever met. I was nine. I call that the grace of God. And until each of us understands the extent of sin in our life, we cannot truly understand the awesome revelation of the redemption of Jesus Christ and the cost that he paid on the cross for us. And you see what happens is we don't like to look at our own selves. We like to look at others. Isn't it true? We get, uh, we get very religious about looking at others. Let's get religious about looking at ourselves. Amen? Because then we can truly see others, not with condemnation, but with the hope and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that just as God has redeemed us He can redeem them. Amen? He can broke open the basement of their lives and say, I will pay that debt. I will set you free. He had to be truly human because he understands us. He's been there. There's nothing that you can say that Christ did not experience. Nothing. Let's read some scriptures. Let's go to Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Okay? Philippians chapter 2, 6 through 8. And I want you to leave today with an understanding of God's gracious, gracious, gracious love and the high cost of that free gift that Christ paid for you so that you can be set free and redeemed and scour the earth with his glory. Amen? That's the thought today. I don't want you leaving thinking about your problems or your circumstances or your situations. I want you to think about today when you leave this place the thought of Christ saving you redeeming you, and setting you free. Amen? That's the thought today. He sets us free. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, 6 through 8. Who? Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, no problem, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Let's keep it right there. Though he was in the form of God. This word morphe speaks about the very character, nature, attributes of God. 
He was God in human form. He did not count, sorry, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He didn't cling to his privilege. He didn't get all prideful up there in heaven and say, whoa, you want me to go down there to those pond scum? Are you kidding me? No way. He didn't consider his privileges, the majesty and splendor of heaven, to be something that he would grasp and control and hold on to, but he humbled himself. Let's keep reading. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. What did he empty himself of? The privilege, the prerogative of the glory, the presence, the majesty, and the splendor of heaven itself. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. Okay? Just to let you know what human form is, Eric, can you stand up? All right? This is human form. Okay? Anybody had any doubts? Anything you want to say, human? No. Okay. Human form. Amen. All right. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The Bible says that we need to stay away from people who claim that Jesus did not come in the flesh, that he did not come as God in the flesh. Many believe that he was a great teacher, that he was a moralizing, pontificating philosopher, that he was a good old guy that would give the shirt off, off, off his back. No, he was God. Truly human and truly God. Let's read some other scriptures. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2, 14 and 15. Hebrews chapter 2, 14 and 15. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, in human form, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect, in all ways, has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Doesn't that comfort you today? Oh, man. He knows what you're going through. He's been there. He understands. You know, we live in a world of politics, don't we? You know, a politician can ride up in his limousine and meet with a bunch of bankers in his suit and say, listen, I identify with you. My father was a banker. Then he jumps in his limo and takes off his tie and jacket and puts on a work coat, walks into a factory and and says, hey, you know what? My brother-in-law's sister's husband was a worker, a factory worker. I know what you're feeling like. I can identify with you. Mm, shaky. Hops in his limousine, puts on some overalls, goes to the farm, 
and says, you know what? My brother's aunt's friend who used to work at 7-Eleven, he was a farmer at one time. I know what you're feeling. I can identify with you. I'm here with you. Yes. You see the fallacy with the identification thing that's going on in our day and age. Amen. People identify with all kinds of stuff. Policies and principles and, and all this stuff. Jesus identified himself with you by being broken bread and poured out wine so that he could redeem us. He knows what you're going through today, friends. Every situation that you've experienced, he has. So when we take things to God in prayer, how often do you think that God doesn't understand? God, you don't know what I'm going through right now. You can't see my problems and my circumstance and my situation. You don't understand. And Jesus says, really? Let's take a stroll down memory lane. Amen? And go over what I went through for you so that I could be your great high priest. I can empathize and sympathize with you. Not only that, but I can send the Holy Spirit, who now is your comforter and your counselor, to bring my revelation of who I am and how I want to change your world by being your God. We have a great high priest, friends. He sympathizes with our weakness. You know why? Because he was there. He was there. Some of you might say, well, he didn't have children. (laughs) Oh, really? We are children of God, aren't we? He knows what it's like to have children. He knows what it's like to have disobedient children. He knows what it's like when children raise their fists before before him and say, I'm not going to listen to you. We know that on an earthly realm sometimes. He knows it all too, too well. He understands what it's like to be a child. Some might say he doesn't understand what it's like to, to have a wife. Oh, really? What is the church? It's the bride of Christ. Amen? He understands how a bride can go astray. He understands about adultery. He understands about brokenness. He understands about all this stuff. He understands about mockery and cruelty and abuse. He understands about being misrepresented. He understands about being misunderstood. He understands about being denied, about being forsaken, about being betrayed. He understands that. What he wants to do is, you see, he overcame that. Amen? He was buried, died, buried three days, but on that third day, he rose again victorious over sin, shame, guilt, and death. Victorious over your circumstance, victorious over your situation, victorious over your health, victorious over your poverty, victorious over your broken relationships. He rose victorious, amen? And he wants to be your great high priest now. Let's boldly. Come into the throne room of grace now, amen? Boldly, with confidence. Yeah, I just picture walking into the boardroom when God's having a meeting. I just bust open the door and say, hey, Dad, 
How are you doing today? I'm coming confidently into your presence. What's he going to say? Son, get out. No. He accepts us and he loves on us. He loves us as children of God and he accepts us at any time to come into his presence. Because he sees us. See, this is the deal. Sometimes we don't think God sees us. He sees everybody else, but he doesn't see us. He sees everybody else's family, but he doesn't see us. He sees everybody else's circumstance, but he doesn't see us. He sees you today. He's waiting for you to come in the boardroom door of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Receive what you need today, being blessed by God. Being blessed by God. Did we read Hebrews 4? 4 through 16, 14 through 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you need grace today? Where are you going to go? Who are you going to call? Nobody said Ghostbusters. That's very, very holy of you. Thank you. Who are you going to call? Jesus. Amen. You need mercy, guys. Mercy is that... That thing that God does when he says, you know what? You deserve to be killed. But guess what? I'm going to show you mercy today. And you're going to live. Amen? Grace is, you don't deserve a thing. But I'm going to give you everything that I am. All my spiritual blessings that are in heavenly realms. The authority and dominion of Christ I'm going to give to you now. Based on my work on the cross. When I said it is accomplished, it is finished. It was finished. Amen? Amen. There's nothing new that Christ has to do. Isn't that awesome? Philippians 1.6 says, He who began a good work in you is going to fulfill it and complete it until that day when we see him face to face. You are his workmanship today. In Christ Jesus, he's working on you. He's molding you. He's shaping you. He's revealing himself to you. And he's saying to you, come, cast your cares on me, for I care for you. I am your great high priest, because I know where you've been through, and I've paid the penalty. He's truly God, isn't he? God is truly God, isn't he? Isn't that a profound statement today? Jesus Christ is truly God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to read a lengthy portion of Scripture. So get yourself ready, okay? Nudge the one next to you and say, we're going to read some Scripture, okay? All right, here here we go. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11. Every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Let me tell you something about Jerusalem in Jesus' day. The streets ran with blood. Sacrifice upon sacrifice upon sacrifice upon sacrifice. The sandals of those that walked Jerusalem were filled with the blood of the sacrifices. Over and over and over and over again that covered their sin. Next verse. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. 
waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. I like, I like the idea that Jesus sat down. Isn't that true? Yeah. He did his work. He accomplished what he had to accomplish. When you guys go to work every day, what do you do when you come home? You sit down. You finished your work. Jesus Christ finished his work on the cross, and he sat down with authority and power and dominion and sat up next to his father and said, yeah. And his father said, yeah. Right? Waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. Can you imagine Jesus Christ waiting for that day to truly, truly, truly be the King of kings and the Lord of lords once and for all, for all eternity? Can you see him up in heaven like, let's get this show on the road, man. Let's get it on the road. But what is the mercy and grace? God is waiting so that others might come to know him. And that's our job is to get the gospel out. Amen. That there might be those that are unredeemed, heading for the basement, being ravaged by sin, might experience the joy of Christ, being redeemed, bought back, and brought back to God. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Somebody read that for me, okay? Let me, let me take that in. Here's Mrs. Kelly clip. <laughs> For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. All right. Sue Welch, why don't you read that? For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Good to have Richard here with us. Richard, read that again. Okay. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Oh, 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 after that accent, we stop right there. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Guys, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. It's over. And it's done. Your work of salvation, your work of sanctification is already done. It's been perfected. What's above perfection? Nothing. The perfect work of Christ to save you and to sanctify you today in what Christ has for you for his glory is awesome. For by a single offering he has perfected all for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Thank you, Jesus. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. We can die and go to heaven right now. Amen? We're covered. We're covered. We're covered. Next verse. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast this confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 
Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Neglect, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. What a great work that Christ has accomplished for us. Amen? Everything that God wants to do in your life, provide for your life, give to you, be resources to you, is already provided to you. You've got to receive it by faith and take it. Amen? And receive it today. Everything that he has for you has been provided for at the cross of Christ. 2,000 years ago, he said, it is finished, it is accomplished. Went up to glory, sat down at the right hand of God and said, now my job is to pray. Pray for those that you have given me. Pray for those that they'll receive me. Pray for those to receive everything that I have. Let me ask you a question. Have you received everything that Christ desires to give you? For you to live your Christian life with power and authority and dominion in your family and in your home and in the workplace, in the marketplace, wherever you go, scouring this earth with the glory of God. What do you need from the Savior today to accomplish the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in you, to cause you to understand this awesome redemption that you've been bought from the life of sin, shame, and guilt Weakness and insufficiency brought into the very kingdom of God today. Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, 13 and 14. Colossians chapter 1, 13 and 14 reads like this. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. In whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. Amen? Just like the Israelites were brought out to be brought in. We're brought out of our sin, not to be left alone and trudge through this earth, but to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that overcomes sin and degradation in our lives. And he sanctifies us so that we would be more like Christ. So when people see us, they don't see me, they don't see you, but they see the presence and power and authority of Jesus Christ in your life. And many will come and say, I need God. We feel as Steel City Church that God has given us this awesome ministry of reconciliation that we would tell people, please come back to God. Amen? And the hard message is this uniqueness of Jesus Christ as the only way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. See, we're known as haters, aren't we? When we preach that gospel message. Jesus said that if they hated me, they're going to hate you. But many respond back to the haters of the gospel with hatred and animosity. How did Jesus respond to haters? love. Amen? How did Jesus respond to the, to the ones that, that nailed him to the cross? What did he say? Forgive them for they know not what they do. We got to stop the hatred. Amen? We preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, one mediator between God and man, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The Bible says there's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved but by the name of Jesus Christ. There is a big, big percentage of the Christian church that believe, number one, that Jesus sinned, and number two, that there are more ways to heaven than through the cross of Christ. We've got a great job to do, don't we? We have a great job to do. But see, for you to share the gospel and for you to give the gospel out, you've got to know for sure that you've been redeemed. You've got to look back at that auction block and keep that memory in your mind and say, I was redeemed. I was redeemed. He set me free from the darkness. Now he's bringing me into the light of his glory and of his grace. He's redeemed us. He's redeemed us. He's redeemed us. He's redeemed us. Amen. He's redeemed us and he's set us free. Oh, what a great, great message. Are you free today? Are you free from sin? Are you free from shame? Are you free from guilt? Are you free from living your life in the brokenness and the past experiences of sin and abuse that have been inflicted upon you? God can set you free today where you no longer are in darkness in that matter, but you receive the light of the glory of Christ. I love the story of Stephen. There was a little conference among the leadership of the church, and they said, hey, we can't be serving tables. We've got to preach the word over here. So they picked seven dudes filled with the Holy Spirit. Stephen was one of them. What he was doing, it was he serving tables and ministering the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in service. Amen? In service. He was the first martyr. When he gave the message, the hatred and the animosity, they grew up in their people's hearts and they stoned Jesus. They stoned Stephen. And what did Stephen say? Amen. He said, Amen. Amen. So be it. Amen. He said, Forgive them. Forgive them. I want, to, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Wrong. Wrong passage. Sorry. If you find it, it's this one, the fragrance of Christ. To some, it is a fragrance of death, and to the others, a fragrance of life. Amen. When you preach the gospel, some are going to turn, turn their back on you. To some, it is the fragrance of death. It is the fragrance that leads them away from choosing God. To others, it's this wonderful fragrance of life. And they respond by giving their hearts and their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So when you witness and when you're out there, you're going to get, you're going to get hammered, man. There's going to be people that do not want to hear the gospel message. Amen? Amen. And what do you do? You love on them. But there will be those that accept the Lord Jesus Christ and receive his redemption and understand this wonderful, wonderful glory of being saved today. Being saved. All right, I was only off by a book and a chapter. You know what I'm saying? That's not bad. That's not bad. I was in the New Testament, for Pete's sakes, you know. Okay. Four. We are the aroma of Christ to God among those, 
those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? Amen. Come on. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? The rock of ages, Jesus Christ, the rock of our salvation. He's cooking up something really, really good. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men and women of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. We are living epistles of the wonder, the amazement, the grace, the fantasticness of being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We're set free today. Freedom. 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 What sort of redeemer did we need? We needed one that was truly human. Jesus was born of a, chi- born of a virgin, born as a child sympathizes with our weakness. We needed someone who was truly God, the perfect, sinless Lamb of God that takes away the the sins of the world was sacrificed. The penalty of wrath and judgment was inflicted on him so that we could go free. What a beautiful, beautiful revelation that our Redeemer reveals to us today. Romans chapter 6, and we'll close with this passage of Scripture. Romans chapter 6. Here it is, Romans 6, verse 5. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we, have, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for righteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law, but you are under the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, the grace of God. Amen? Amen. 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 We are redeemed, friends. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen? Amen. Come on now, say so. So. Amen. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. 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 I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. Joe Miller's going to take over.
Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Praise I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We're redeemed. Amen. Praise God. Listen, we're going to take communion. There's stuff going in our, in our heart and in our minds and in our lives that we lay at the feet of the one who has redeemed us. And he takes it. And he gives us of himself the grace, the passion, the purpose that we need to live this Christian life. I want you to give something to God because God wants to give something in return. Amen. Give him your sorrow. Give him your circumstance. Give him your pain. Give him your brokenness. And God will give you his life. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.